Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. How is that now with bossing up and putting more on the plate? I handle talking to my, my manufacturers. Me and my designer, we on the phone all day, every day, coming up with new pieces, new looks. I do everything myself. That's incredible. Like, wait a minute. If they want to talk to the boss, like they literally, or the manager, they talk to me. Jada Cheeves is a natural born hustler. As a teenager, she started with a t-shirt line, a hair supply company, and most recently has launched her Wait A Minute brand. Today, she's sharing tips on becoming a boss, managing your brand, and turning influence into capital. This is assets over liabilities or revolt. Access over liability. I need one of those. That's easy. That's what I was asking her. Y'all haven't really worked with nobody like me. <laughs> <laughs> Humbly. Respectfully. Like, y'all don't work with like legends for sure, but like, you know, younger, a little, you know, I'm in a whole different industry than the people y'all work with. Let's not talk too much now. We gotta keep it, we gotta keep it uh, exactly. Jada, it's an honor and a pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited to have this conversation because I feel like, you know, there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And a lot of times people like that are famous, that are celebrities, that are influencers, people have one perception of them without actually knowing the full understanding of everything that goes on, and especially on the business side. So mm -hmm. to have somebody, you know, so young as yourself and so talented, and be such a boss in the business world, I think is extremely dope and encouraging for everybody, but especially for young women. I think especially no, for, for sure. young black women, like, you know, it's, it's important to have those those role models. So this is this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's a demographic of young adults that were saying, we need to see somebody who represents us. And so I think you're the perfect embodiment of that. You know what's so crazy? Yesterday, a friend of mine, she was saying, y'all need to have more women on. <laughs> And he was like, yo, y'all have, have a lot of men, y'all have a lot of, y'all need to have more women. I'm yeah, that was the first thing I told y'all when we met, like, y'all needed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, like, yeah. it's good hearing from, like, a younger, a younger person perspective, because the people y'all have interviewed, you know, like, they real bosses, like, mm -hmm. that's what people look at them as, but to see somebody young like me, it's like, okay, let me hear what she got to say. Yeah, and I think you've come up in a, the era of social media, right. and haven't taken the typical approach, we see a lot of people not have the wherewithal to, to leverage the social media pre exactly. presence. And you've definitely done that. And so, obviously, they can look at that and say, all right, she's done that. Here are the steps how she did it. I could do it, too. Right. Yeah. So let's get into this, because I feel like the word influencer kind of gets lost in the sauce a lot of times. But sure. you were somebody that actually built a social media following at a young age. I think you had 300,000 followers at 15. Yeah, when I was in, like, middle school, high school, that's when it just became a thing for me to just post every day on social media. So I was like, okay, well, 
it's time for me to make some money off of this because I got all these girls asking me, like, where'd you get this from? Where'd you get that from? So that's when I was like, it's time for me to turn my followers into some dollars. So people are watching what you're wearing and saying, I want to dress I want like that. I want that. Where'd you get that? Right. Every morning before school, I would switch, like, my hair color, my outfit. I would post every morning. Um, and we were wearing uniform at the time, so I would just, like, razzle-dazzle my uniform, like, a different scarf or just making it cute, like, just crazy stuff I would come up with, and they always wanted it. That's, at 50, that's pretty crazy. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get lunch money. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. So, again, so you're doing this at 15. Where'd you get that, that mindset to say, you know what, I need to turn this to something that can be lucrative to me? Did you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Was it somebody in your family that you watched and said, this is the way I, I can actually become successful in the future? Right. So my stepdad, he was like a big influence because he had his own company. So I was like, okay, I like how he could just wake up whenever he wants and go to work. He don't got to report at a certain time or he don't have to call a boss to say, I want to take off. So I was like, okay, I want to be my own boss. So once I realized like, okay, I might be able to milk this situation with my followers. Okay, let me try to start me a business. And then I started using my Poshmark. So all that stuff I was wearing in school and on the weekends, I started reselling it. And my stuff would sell out within seconds on Poshmark. And you got to give Poshmark a heavy percentage. Mm. So then eventually, maybe like two months of doing that, I said, okay, I'm going to start my own t-shirt line. What's Poshmark? Poshmark is a brand. It's like a Depop. Um, they have a whole bunch of Mercari. Um, Poshmark is one of the biggest ones, though. It's like a brand or an app where you resell stuff that you're wearing. People sell furniture on there. You could sell anything. And I was just selling my clothes on there. And, I mean, I kid you not, every time I would post something, instantly sold out. So how did you how did you build the original social media following? It was just all organic? It was all just super organic. Um, I was from, well, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. It's a real small town. So I was always super popular, like the popular, the cool girl in school. So once I kind of had Savannah on lock, once Facebook was like, <laughs> no, you know, like. <laughs> Wait, there's some people from the staff that are from Savannah. So they vouched for this. They said, yo, you know, you are the queen of Savannah. So. Yeah, so um, once I realized, okay, Savannah, I got my city behind me. Yeah. I guess, like, my following, it just came naturally. You know, I just was posting, staying consistent, posting every day, switching up my hair, giving them different outfits. You know, just, like, being myself, being creative. And it worked for me. So talk about the T-shirt line that you started. So, all right, so you start reselling clothes that you're actually wearing. Right. Like, vintage. And um, that's selling. So then... When did you actually decide to do the T-shirt line and talk about that? So maybe like two months went past and I'm like, okay. I even had a job as a waitress and I hated going to work. Like I could not take it. But this is while I'm still doing Poshmark. So um, it was summer. I was going into ninth grade. So my grandma forced me to get a job. Because, you know, grandma's parents, they don't really see they so, say, like, she just got followers, like, yeah, but you, you still got to work, don't you worry. know? It's not they don't want to hear it, yeah, you know? Yeah, like so I, it's, it's a real thing. I had to really prove to them, like, I could do this. I can make it work. So she made me get a job. I got the job. And one day I went to work with blue hair. And the boss, he, my boss was like, you got to have that change when you come back tomorrow. So I remember I got in the car. I called my grandma, like, come pick me up from work. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm quitting. And she was so against it. And I was like, I'm going to show you. I'm about to make money. Like, I'm going to show you I don't have to work for nobody. And I told her that in the car. And she was, like, kind of throwing me off a little bit. And then that's when I came up with my brand name because my name at the time on Instagram was Amore Jada. 
So all like my fan pages, people who supported me, they were changing their name to Amore and whatever their name was. So it's kind of like a little movement. Like everything was Amore. <laughs> like I was buying heart everything. Like everything was a heart or a love, just everything. So um, I created my brand and I named it Amore My Hustle because like I'm a hustler. Like I like making money and I got to prove a point to my family to let them know like I'm never getting another nine to five or I'm never trying to work for nobody else. And it worked out for me. I remember I sold my T-shirts, and I think I started out with, like, 100 T-shirts, like, nothing crazy, because I still was, like, putting my money from Poshmark into my brand. Came up with a logo. I remember I got, I paid, like, maybe $50 to get my logo made, Mm -hmm. and 100 T-shirts sold out instantly. It was, like, adults. And mainly, most of my sales came from Savannah people, but adults, like, older women trying Mm -hmm. to... I need T-shirts, like calling my mom's phone, like, I need my T-shirt. Yeah. She sold out. Give me one. How am I going to get one? So it just was like a thing. I'm more my hustle. And it became like a movement. Everybody was putting a more in front of everything. I like that. So where are the T-shirts being made? Are y'all printing them in the house or you went to a fat? How did, how did you get the original So it was 100? this place in Savannah. And he actually sold the T-shirts and he printed them there. And I worked out a deal with him because I'm like, I don't really got the money now, but like, just work with me. And I prompt like every I was making so many promises. <laughs> I was selling dreams, but it worked for me. Like it really did. I was like, I promise you, I'm gonna be able to like cut the check. And he started, you know, he was messing with me. And eventually, I started upping the quantity like a hundred. Then the next week, I did five hundred. Then I was doing two thousand. So it just was going up. And I was restocking every Friday. And still going to school. Still, still in school. Yeah. So then I hired my mom, my sister, and my grandma, and those are the people who helped me get my orders out. It's real family. Business. And all this is when I was in high school. And you was like 16, 17? 16. 16? Yeah, so, so it was crazy. So you just hustling. Yeah. Just, Natural born. Just trying to prove to my grandma, like, I told you. I told you so. At I'm what not point, At no what more. point did she understand, like, okay, it's legit? After my first drop, I remember showing her, like, this is how much I made. And she was like, what? Like, this is crazy. And then she was like, like, she started feeling it. Like, you really a celebrity. Then we would go out and people like, can I take a picture? So my grandma still like, my mom hip. My mom like, nah, like, that's my daughter. Like, she doing her thing. <laughs> my grandma, once she started realizing, like, she's like, okay, wow. Like, this is crazy. And then I remember it even became an issue because I graduated high school early. And um, my grandma was kind of against it because she like, no, like, let her do her senior year. And I was like, I got bigger dreams. I don't want to be in high school and waste a whole year when I'm making my money. I'm doing everything I, you know, dreamt of doing. I don't have to waste a whole nother um, year in school. Let me just graduate early. So once she saw like the vision and that I was actually doing everything I said I was going to do, she kind of like, all right, let her graduate early. Were there any bumps in the road as you're doing it? Because a lot of times people will start a business and when they get into it, they learn on the fly. And so I'm thinking at such a young age, obviously some of these things might be new to you, profits and loss and margins and oh, manufacturing yeah. inventory. Were there any bumps in the road? I mean, heck yeah. yeah. I mean, I made more bumps than anything. Like, I went through so many or took so many losses. It, it's crazy, like, to even sit here and talk about it. I could talk about the, the, the bad all day. Mm-hmm. But um, I learned from everything. And I think the most hardest business that I did have was my hair business because I started that as soon as I kind of got, like, tired of selling T-shirts. I was like, all right, what's next? Started selling hair, and that's when it was like... Life changed. 
it was life changing, <laughs> but it was also a really, really, really like it was tough for me because PayPal at the time, that's what I was using. Um, you went from having $20 transactions to having $250 transactions. And, you know, when the more money you spend, that's dealing with chargebacks, mm. dealing with customer complaints. It just was way harder than me just send, sending a T-shirt off and, okay, this is my size. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I don't got to do a chargeback. It's $20. Mm -hmm. So once I start, started selling hair, that's when things got like, hold on, I'm moving too fast. I got to I gotta take a couple steps back. So let's talk about that. The, so you got a good thing going with the T-shirt business. What made you want to start selling hair? Because that's completely different from merchandise, clothing, to beauty, hair. So what was what made you do that, and what was like the first steps that you did to get the hair? So um, I kind of just got bored. I'm a Libra, so we'd be like <laughs> all over the place. One day we like something, the next day we like, all right, I want to do something else. So um, I was selling the t-shirts for a good a bit of t like a, a good amount of time. I kind of milked the more my hustle. I was selling t-shirts, dresses, shorts, like whatever you could think of. I'm like, it's time for me to do something else. And hair was a big thing. Like everybody loved my hair. I was always dyeing my hair, switching it from short to long, just like just trying stuff with my hair. So I was like, I want to sell it. Looked for manufacturers. Um, my dad helped me out a lot. I even sent him to China to find me a good hair, you know, a hair vendor. And he found one for me, and then it just became so much because I was selling so much hair that it just kind of grew out of my hands. Yeah. Mind y'all, I'm still doing all this stuff in my mom's house. So it just was a lot to deal with. Like This is like bundles. But Like selling bundles. And I was selling over a 1,000 bundles, just single bundles each Friday because I will only restock on Friday. You're selling 1,000 bundles on Friday? Yeah, like... What? Yeah, I, What's the profit margins for these things? Like, so a bundle, you would sell a bundle for like anywhere between fifty to one hundred at that time. Bundles way more expensive now. I know, but back then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back then they were cheaper. So like my cheapest bundle probably was like fifty dollars, and I was selling out. Like you got to think about it. Every order, everybody's ordering four bundles or more. So it was just a lot. Like my mom's house looked like a factory. We had hair everywhere, boxes everywhere. Like her whole downstairs, when you walk in the house, it looked like a sweatshop. It mm. was crazy. And this is you getting all from China? Everything was coming straight from China. But what's that conversation like? Because I could imagine like my daughter telling me, Daddy, I need you to go to China to get some bundles. So right. like, are you, are you pitching him the idea and is he automatically like, oh, I believe in you, I'll do it? He's automatically with it because they had already seen all the orders we were getting out with the t-shirts, you know? Yeah. And my family was real hands-on. Like, they knew everything, you yeah. know? I was a kid. I wasn't even old enough to have a PayPal account, for real. So they had to approve everything I was doing. So when he realized that I could make this amount of money, he like, okay, well, sh hell yeah. Like, let's sell hair. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Give me the flight. I'm going. I'm going to call you. Because I couldn't just leave. I was in school still. Yeah. So I couldn't just leave and go to China for two weeks. I was in high school still, so. Father of the year right there. So, like, how uh, how are we determining, like, the textures, the type? Like, are you studying hair yeah, before so, you get into the business? So, before I even started selling hair, I did three months of just me testing out the hair. Mm -hmm. So, I was just wearing it, dyeing it, taking it out, washing it, put, like, just doing everything. Frying it to see how long, how many times I could straighten this hair. Mm -hmm. And it's still going to have the same texture. So, I went through a good three-month process of me just making sure that the hair was perfect. 
And a problem I didn't run into, and this is where it started getting like bad reviews, a lot of chargebacks because Chinese vendors, no shade to them, but when they see you spending that money, they're going to just send you anything. So they saw that each Friday I'm putting in this big order. I'm sending them all this money. So in order to fulfill my needs that I needed for my business, they just started sending me bullshit. Mm. I mean, like, literally. It was so bad. But every time I would try to hair, I wouldn't have the problem. So they knew because I would always get my hair before I put a new hair on the website or something. Um, they knew to send me the good hair, the good sample hair. Yeah. So a couple of my customers, not all of them, but maybe, like, out of... 500 orders, a good 12, 15, terrible hair, unsatisfied. So I started seeing this more and more each drop, and it started becoming, like, out of my hands. So I just said, fuck hair. Like, I don't even want to sell hair no more because it just was a lot to deal with at the time. And I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm trying to fuck them over. Whole time, it's not even me. I'm sending out their hair. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, packaging y'all stuff, making sure that I get y'all orders out in a timely manner, promoting my marketing. Everything was, like, top tier because that was always something I was into, social media. Like, I could sell anything. So it was never a problem selling the hair. But once the people started getting the, the inventory in their bundles and I started getting so many complaints, I was like, OK, I got to I got to reevaluate. It's time for a whole new manufacturer. It's time for me to really take a step. And because I can't you fuck your face card up if you just keep yeah. like trying to make money. That's a ball. Like That's for a real. Ball. That's a ball. So um, I just chilled for a long minute before I could like get you know, a good vendor and really trust another Chinese Chinese manufacturer because they'll really fuck you over. Like so as how, long as you got that money. How long did it take before you stopped with the with the first manufacturer and started again with the next with the second? Oh, it was like a good five months. So you like, didn't sell here for five no, months? No, five months straight I was like everybody was in my cause a lot of my customers were still like returning happy. They didn't have issues. But it was a lot of girls out there who were like, nah, like mm tarnishing me. I mean, YouTube reviews, like, fuck her, trying oh. to pull up on me. It was like oh. bad. Oh, like, wow. 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 Yeah. And I and I just was like, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm not even that type of girl. Like, I want everybody to get their shit. And I started doing so many re- refunds to the point where I took the biggest L, like everything I ever worked hard for in a year, like gone. All because refunds. I'm trying to fix my, res- I'm trying to fix my mistakes and cover up all the the shit that I had, like, fucked up before. So I was dealing with refunds. I'm dealing with finding new manufacturers, paying for new samples. So it just was, like, a bad year. That's why when y'all said I could, like, losses, I took hella losses. How did that feel as far as you being a teenager and having to deal with social media, people bashing you, YouTube? Like, that's tough for adults. Like, yeah. how, how did that feel, like, psychologically to deal with? It was a lot, like, and that's why I kind of just shut down for a good five months. Like, I didn't even want to post. It was so bad because I'm like, damn, like, mind you, I'm still in the process of going back and forth with my vendors. Like, why would y'all do this to me? Mm-hmm. Like, look at the hair. I'm tell- having my customers who weren't satisfied send the hair back to me so I could send it back to my manufacturers to show them, like, this girl not lying. Her hair really shedding. Her hair, when she tried to dye it, it crumbled up, like, just sending me anything. So it was just a, it was a lot, like mentally, physically, everything. I just was like, I want to break from all this shit. Like a lot of times I always tell people with these manufacturers and vendors, you can't really trust them. Like 
And I kind of fucked up too, not doing damage control, not checking each bundle. I just was trying to move too fast. And that's why my, my business now, I made sure it took me since I had, when I got pregnant, I stopped selling everything completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just recently started my business and my baby just turned three. It took me all that time to say, I'm doing this shit right. I'm getting me a warehouse. I'm not keeping inventory at my house. I'm not keeping inventory at my mama's house. Like, I want to do this shit the right way. So I saved all my money, and I made sure, wait a minute, like, I'm not, it's no room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. I hired employees. I got an actual warehouse. All my inventory is in stock. Like, real manufacturer. I, don't, I pull up on them. They're making stuff exactly how I want it, measurements. So I just... I did it the right way this time. Yeah, you done bossed up. Yeah, I, I bossed I, up completely. As, as you're saying it, and that's something that we've actually gone through, where we actually were having the inventory inside of, like, somebody's house. Yeah. And then it starts scaling, and you're like, well, we don't have any place to put this because people are still living, and then we turn in exactly. bedrooms. And, and so it became the situation where we, all right, we got a warehouse somewhere. So at the, at the peak of it, as you're selling out every Friday, and obviously you're still going to school, how profitable is the business, right? On a month, like, are we now doing profit and loss and saying, wait, maybe uh, college isn't going to be the thing for me, right? Like, maybe this is the last time I'm going to school. Like, what are the conversations that you're having with, with your family as the money's starting to come in and you're hiring family? Right. So it became to a point where I started paying the bills. Like, because mm. I'm like, I'm letting, my mama let me use her house. She letting me do whatever I want to do. She helping me do my orders. All right, light bill, electric bill, all that. I'm going to cover it. Like, whatever y'all need, I'm going to make sure y'all good. And um, really, when I when I decided that I wanted to graduate early, that was my way of telling my parents, like, it's it's a wrap for me. Y'all see what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm on. And they college never really was in the equation because even when I was, like, a little girl, elementary school, I always used to tell my family, I'm going to be famous. Like, I'm never going to have to work. So they kind of knew I hated school. I, let me just put that out there. I hated school. <laughs> hated high school. Hated middle school. Like, it just never was my thing. That's why I always used to tell myself, like, I got to be my own boss. Because I hate the books. I hate I hated tests. I hated all. But I was a straight-A student. Mm. It just was never my thing, though. Like, I used to dread going to school every day. So let's talk about the wait-a-minute clothing. You started that in... September 2021, I think. Right. right? So, all right. So, the hair, you had a bad experience. You stopped. But you started again. Mm-hmm. Then you stopped. Within the same year. Within the same year. And then I stopped. Then you stopped. Completely. So, my first question is, what? why did you stop the second time? The second time, I just was like, this too much. Too much? It just was too much. Mind you, at this time, I didn't really have a team. It was me, my mom, and my sister mm-hmm. making this work. So the business kind of, I it, and it's my fault, too. I let the business grow out of my hands. Um, I didn't really have the knowledge that I have now back then. My dad didn't know much. All he knew was, I'm going to do whatever you say. This hair is good. Found your vendor. All right, she got the rest. And I, I thought I knew it all back then. So... It kind of like, well, I think it was God's way of just saying, like, try something else because you're not getting it. Mm. So I'm going to shut it down for you, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, it's something else. Something's better. Something better is coming. 
So I kind of stopped selling hair. Well, I did. I completely stopped selling hair. And I was like, well, I'm chilling. I started doing marketing Mondays. So now that I'm not selling hair, I could talk to the girls and school y'all on how I got to where I'm at. Because I was always thinking of ways, like, how I'm going to make this money? <laughs> now I'm, I don't have no link in my bio. Yeah. What's next? Like, I got to figure out a way to. So now I'm not selling nothing. I'm going to show y'all. Now y'all got to pay me for the knowledge that I did have and all the mistakes I did make that I made publicly. So y'all know I made these mistakes. I'm going to share them with y'all, but y'all got to pay me $50 every Monday. And I will hold these huge webinars. Like, like on Zoom? Yeah, kind of like a Zoom. Exactly. It was some live webinar thing, and it okay. held up to 500 people. Okay. And um, I would do that every Monday. How many people was coming on? on oh, average? sell out every time. 500? 500. Every time. And it was, they was paying $50? $50. And it was like mentorship. Yeah, just me sitting there for an hour long, just like, and then I would give, like, email them a little template of everything that I went over. And um, just me telling them, like, the mistakes, the do's, the don'ts on how I, you know, made my business work for me, tips on marketing. And it was called Marketing Mondays because I just was always known for, like, being able to sell anything off of social media. So you're doing that every Monday? I was doing that every Monday. How, how long did you do this for? Maybe a good three months, and I kind of got burnt out from it because I'm like, nothing more to talk about. It's not really nothing <laughs> else. To and then you had girls buying it every Monday, so I'm like, they just want to see you. you now y'all just now it's getting, <laughs> now it's getting weird. I'm out of stuff to talk about. So then that's when I wrote a book. So I'm like, the people who uh, don't have time because I would do it like weird times. A lot of girls were still in school, um, or like had jobs. So I was like, I'm gonna write a book about how to become a boss and then that's when I wrote the book The Young Boss Blueprint and it was just a book uh, basically on everything I talked about Marketing Mondays but just in a book form 15, 15 steps yeah. yep 15 steps and it's interesting you're saying that you had Marketing Mondays because we have a show called Marketing Mondays really? yeah 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 Market, market, market Mondays. Mondays okay um, it's about investing yeah so okay. that's a, that you were doing that so you did that for the whole Great time Great minds think alike this, this is true I'm oh, thinking wow. to myself about how many times you've rebranded I, I think I don't want to gloss over that because Obviously, you said a more Jada, but then there was Jada later. A more Jada, no, it was official Jada. Official that was my Jada. first name. Right. Official Jada, a more Jada, and then I had my a more my hustle. Right. And then I converted over to a more hair collection. That was the name of my hairline. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then now we got wait a minute. And then we had the Young Boss Blueprint, the book, and then now we got wait a minute, wait a minute merch, wait a minute brand. I just switched the name from merch to brand. Because um, it was merchandise at first, because when I first started Waiterman, I knew it was going to be big, but I thought it was just going to be like merch. Like I'm selling sweatshirts and T-shirts. Mm -hmm. So once I released or did that first launch, it went crazy. I didn't think I was going to sell out the same day because yeah. I just didn't know I still had it because I haven't sold nothing since I was pregnant. So when I started my brand, everybody was like, like, you know, you're going to sell out. But I really did not feel like it because I haven't had a link in my bio in three, three going on four years. Mm -hmm. So when I released on my birthday and I sold out, I'm like, nah, it's time. I'm back. Like, it's time to turn this shit up. And I'm going to do it the right way. Like, let's go. I'm ready. Like, billionaire status. Like, let's go. I'm trying to milk the cow till I can't no more. So once I did that first launch, I mean, I knew it was going to be big because I already had my warehouse, my staff. But I just didn't know it was going to be like. So talk about that, like as far as the, getting the warehouse, getting the staff, doing it right, having the, having the, the foundation in place this time. Who helped you with that? Um, how did you put that in place? What are some of the staff that you had to hire to kind of put that in place? Like, So um, 
I decided I wanted to start my business when I after I had my baby. I kept saying I'm gonna start a business, like, and I'm gonna do it the right way this time. No mistakes, no nothing. So that whole time, I kind of was just like plotting on how I'm gonna do it. How I'm gonna do it this time? I didn't have a name or nothing. I just knew I wanted a business. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna be selling. I don't know. I just know I'm gonna do it right. And when I do it, it's gonna be it's gonna be done the right way. And that's gonna be my real money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just like. Told my manager one day, I text her, like, I want a building. Find me a warehouse. Mind you, I didn't have nothing in the works for real. Like, I didn't even know what I was going to sell. We were looking for warehouses for a good, like, six months, just trying to find the right place in Atlanta. And a lot of the places in Atlanta, they real strict about who they let get in these buildings. They don't really want young black people, to be honest. They don't want young black people in in their buildings. So it took a long time for me to really find something and let somebody say, okay, I'm going to let this girl, this 20, because at the time I was 22, I'm going to let this 22-year-old girl get this building. Found the perfect place, and I got a um, contractor to come in, and he just, like, started knocking walls down and making it, like, my dream space. And in the middle of all of that, I really decided maybe, like, the first time I met to pay him, I said, I'm going to name it Wait a minute. I started getting logos made, everything made in the process of him starting like to work on the building. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was just like in the works. I didn't have nothing. <laughs> so I really just had a building off of good faith. I had to just make something shake. But I like working like that because it made me really get on it. Yeah. If I just don't have a plan, I just got to do it. So um, it worked for me. I came up with the name Wait a Man from my Twitter, my Twitter account at the time that was like, my name on there, yeah. and it became, it was, like, kind of catchy. Like, everybody says, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make this a brand. It worked for so, me. So what is encompassing inside the Wait a Minute brand? Because obviously you've done the merchandising, you've done here. What are the things that are inside of this brand that's separated from the other ones? So um, this brand is more like loungewear and just, like, everyday pieces um, that every girl need in a closet, you know? Before I was selling, like, regular boutique stuff, like, you could, when I first, well, when I did have my boutique, it was just everything that the Chinese vendors were selling. Mm-hmm. This time, I have an actual manufacturer who's making my designs, what I want, how I want it, my measurements. Like, it's perfect. And even when I did my first launch, um, I ran into some issues because all my stuff was made for my measurements. And I'm short as hell. So <laughs> all the tall girls, a girl even went viral. All the tall girls who... um was buying my merch. They like making videos on TikTok. Like the pants were too short. So I even, and then I got a little bit discouraged because I'm like, damn, I I did everything right this time. And I'm still running into problems like I did with. What's up everyone, it's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. I had my hair business. But I was like, you know what? Small thing to a giant. I fixed everything. I refunded the people who had issues. And I had my shit together this time. So it wasn't even a loss. Like, straight revamp. I'm back at it. Small thing, shrug it off your shoulders, keep going. Put out the small fires. Yeah, I put it out real quick, and my next launch, which came like a couple months after the September 25th launch, because I launched my birthday, 
no, no, like no nothing, nothing but positive feedback from that, from that launch, that second launch to now, like nothing but good feedback. So you've been involved in that whole process. You're drawing the sketches. You're actually picking the fabrics. You're doing all this. I'm doing all of this. Wow. And I just recently got a designer on board mm -hmm. just to help me because I have, like, I deal with a lot, like, and it's hard being super hands-on. I handle all my money. I handle talking to my, my manufacturers. Me and my designer, we on the phone all day, every day, coming up with new pieces, new looks. I do everything myself. That's incredible. Like, wait a minute. If they want to talk to the boss, like, they literally, or the manager, they talking to me. So. You asked for the boss, so they sent me, dog. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Like, I handle everything when it comes to wait a minute. Only because I just can't let it, I can't. No, I can't afford no fuck-ups. So, obviously, you're doing all this, and I know you paused because of motherhood. How is that now with bossing up and putting more on the plate and balancing that with motherhood? So, if you come to my warehouse, in my office, I got my son bed in there, toys wow. everywhere, because he come to work. Like, every time we do a restock, I'm in there day in, day out with my staff, um, and my mom is actually the general manager. She handle everything. Um, like as far as shipping, emails, all that. She is the lady who you talk to. I can't do all that now. I ain't yeah, doing all that. Yeah, but like yeah, the big yeah. part, the big business I'm handling, the money, all that. Like that's you talking to me. Um, so my mom, she handles that. But like when it's time to restock and we got to get them orders out because I don't like my customers waiting, I'm in there. You would think I'm an employee. Like we in there from sun up to sundown. My son, you better camp out. He know he know the routine. He go straight in, walk in the warehouse, go straight to the um bed, turn on the TV. He be chilling. Like it's it's really no such thing as balance when you're a mom. You gotta just make it work. So you got a book, fifteen steps to becoming a young boss. Can you talk about a few of those steps? So the first step is so simple. Like everything is right on Google. Get an LLC, whatever name. Make sure that nobody else has the name that you're trying to, you know, name your company. Another one of the steps is stay consistent. A lot of people do kind of get lost in the sauce or they feel like they started their business and it's not, you're not getting sellouts or you don't have this amount of followers. And I always, a main part in my book is followers don't equivalent to money. Like a lot of people with Successful businesses probably have a thousand followers on their page, but and I know a lot of people like that. She sell out every time she posts one of her recipes or she posts in her cookbook. She's still selling out, but she might not have a lot of followers. And people kind of do get caught up in social media, feeling like you gotta have a lot of followers, you gotta have this on to get people to like. None of that shit matters because when I was making my money, money when I was a little girl, I didn't have watches, I didn't have jewelry. This was just me on social media, marketing myself, making this shit work. So a lot of people do get kind of lost in the sauce, and none of that stuff really matters. Okay. So you're an author of that book, but you also wrote a book with your son? Or? Right. So, um, well, he can't write a book. Well, <laughs> but I, the, the, I, he is the main character the, in the right. book, and um, I wrote just like a little rhyming book for him. Um, it was my gift to him for his first birthday, and it's something that I just felt like was needed because we always read books. Like, mm -hmm. that's our thing. Every night before bed, we read in a book. He loved, like, he'll just bring a book to me out of nowhere. Like, can you read this to me? So I'm like, you know what? I, you, you, I see some money in you, too. <laughs> I'm going to mark it off you, too. So I'm going to write a book. And his book sold out. It went crazy. Um, so he still got, like, he got an LLC, his name, copyright, and all that good stuff. And um, it's something I actually do want to, like, 
make a series. Like, I want to keep writing books for him and keep it going. Oh. Start him a whole business, too. Why not? Before you even knew it. Right. <laughs> so, right. brand partnerships, let's talk about this. I know you've worked with uh, Kiss and Pretty Little Things, and it's very popular for, um, you know, social media influencers and people with followings to work with brands. Um, how do you know which brand you want to work with? How do you know, like, this is a good rate, this is a fair rate? Um, how do you know you're not getting taken advantage of? Like, being young, how do you, how do you know that? So I have a manager who kind of like handle when it's time to talk numbers, all the big stuff. But she do come, she bring everything to me and say like, hey, is this something you want to do? So over the past like year, we stopped doing like promos for smaller businesses only because it's like, it's a lot to deal with when you have a smaller company. Um, so lately, my most recent deals have been with like bigger brands and the dealing with bigger brands, even though it's, me dealing with less people is way more money involved because I'm not just, it's not oversaturated with a whole bunch of different companies. So mm -hmm. I work with kids. That was a real big deal of mine. And also pretty little thing. It was like more of a collaboration. So I got to pick exactly what I wanted in my collection and it's just easier and it's way easier on me because I don't have to post all that stuff mm -hmm. a thousand times a day. Like where it is, where it is, yeah. or tagging this, tagging that. So uh, one thing I do like about how we operate over, like, just me, my brand, and, and everything we do, we, um, everything I promote, I genuinely like. Like, I'm not just putting on this dress and saying, go buy it, because I don't work like that. Like, mm -hmm. I always tell her, if it's not something I'm going to walk in a store and buy with my own money, I'm not putting it on my page. I'm not going to lie to my followers. So everything I do promote, I genuinely like. And if it's a company I'm working with, I genuinely like. I've been buying Kiss products since I was in middle school, doing my own lashes and wearing edge control and stuff. So the fact that I'm now working with them, it was super like, hell yeah, I want to work with them. Like, I don't care how much they offering me. I want it. Like, I want to work with them. I, I actually like the brands that I do work with because it's, it's genuine, you know? I don't have to fake that I like the product. I actually, like, wore a pretty little thing before I started working with them and I genuinely like Kiss products so yeah at this level of success are you still the person that's handling all the marketing on your social media or is it somebody that is doing that and you're just okay in it because consistency is one of the things that people lack right I mean, you've You've been consistent, which is why you've seen the level of return you have. But at this level, are, are you still the one hands-on doing it? Yeah, I do everything. Mm. So everything you see me post on my page, my business page, my son's page, I handle all of our stuff um, myself. I just feel like nobody know how to market how I market. And my followers, they, they've been following me since I was such a kid that if I was to hire a team, they're going to be like, we know this not Jada. Mm. So I feel like I, I have a genuine relationship with my followers to the point they feel like they know me they would they would know if somebody else is running my instagram just by like how i talk how i pose so i i don't ever think i would get to the the point of me leaving marketing over to somebody else like yeah. nah, i like how i handle it how important is social media because that's been the catalyst of our success is social media instagram and i run the instagram page for us and i spent like years like on social media i don't think people really understand like it's not something that you could just randomly do like you have to understand it you got to know when the algorithm changes you got to know what's popping what's changing what, what the latest trends are how much time do you do you spend studying social media and how important 
is social media for today for entrepreneurs? I feel like right now, social media is just like the, the biggest platform. It takes over TV, radio, word, word to mouth. Like it, it's just the biggest platform you have. It's super powerful to entrepreneurs, influencers, business owners. If you have a brick and mortar, it's just it's important. Like everybody needs social media. People are still successful without it, but um, I just feel like now everybody is so phone and internet savvy now is just like, if you don't get, if you're not hip to social media, you're missing out on a lot of money. So obviously you, you, you talked about getting your warehouse and so you're making profits from the, the clothing line, uh, the brand, I don't even want to call it clothing line, the brand. Are there other things that interest you as far as investing the money, right? Because one of the things you take, I could feel the natural ball hustling you. Making money while you sleep is one of those things that we all try to aspire to do. So there are other things that you look at as investments that say, that's my interest. I want to learn more about that in the future. So it's um like stocks. That's something I really want to get into, but I just haven't had the time to sit down. But I really want to start, you know, because right now all I'm doing is reinvesting back into myself, mm-hmm. my merchandise, my brand. But for me to be able to say I want to get into stocks and stuff, I feel like that would be like a whole different ball game. Because like right now I'll go and spend all this money on a Birkin, but it doesn't lose its value. So that's my way of kind of like that's buying stock yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's my investment. Chanel bags. My Chanel's, my Birkin's, you know, like my jewelry. Yeah. That's my investment. But yeah. Those getting are... into stocks is a different, like, you got to be hip. Like, it's a whole new <laughs> world. No, seriously, it's a whole different world. Yeah. But I want to get into it's it. It's education. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, um, like anything, once you get educated, you realize it's not that complicated. Yeah, but it, it takes a lot of education. You can't just get into it you and can. not really know. Uh, How? It's not that hard. We'll, we'll, we'll talk after this. We'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even you saying it is encouraging, right? Like you said, you have almost 7 million people that follow you. And so them hearing you say that now draws their interest into it. So right. over the pandemic, we saw millions and millions of new people come into the space. A lot of them African-Americans. The largest influx maybe in history, right, of people coming into the space. So that's encouraging, right, because right. your mind is saying, like, all right, I know this, that's an asset class that we can make money in. Right. I want to learn about it. But I don't want to discount the fact that you're saying, like, I'm buying these bags or I'm buying this jewelry because they appreciate, right? Right. You keep them in, in, in good condition and they appreciate over time and it becomes an asset. Exactly. Yeah, so we don't want to look down on that either. So that's dope that you have that mindset. Right, well, and the thing with hustle. me, when I, when I, like, do something, I want to, like, really – know what I'm doing. So that's why I haven't just jumped into like buying stock yet. Cause like, I like to study. I like to really know, like in anything I do, I want to be the best in it. Mm. So if I do start doing stock, I'm gonna make sure like I'm hip, I'm talking to the right people and I know exactly what I'm doing with my money. Cause I don't play about my money. Like that's, <laughs> I don't play about it. So. So Kylie Jenner, Rihanna, they have two things in common. They're both billionaires and they didn't do it from what people probably thought that they would have done it from mm-hmm. years ago. They right. did it from beauty lines. Is that something that you're interested in as far as cosmetics, beauty lines? So that's actually like what's in the works now for me. I want to get into like makeup, skincare. Like I don't collab with different um, brands for as far as skin and stuff like that. But I've never done it myself, and it's nothing like your own brand. So yeah, I could promote brands all day long, but that's just like me selling clothes or promoting other people's brands. But like my followers want to buy Jada stuff. Mm -hmm. They want to see what Jada is selling. They want to click the link in Jada's bio. 
So um, I feel like that's next for me, getting into like the makeup world, the beauty industry, because I feel like that's what's missing right now. It's like a brand from Jada in the makeup world. Yeah, that's why I said I figured this. I don't see anything that you can't do. You have the mindset. You obviously have a following that is dedicated and loves what you do. Wait a minute, cosmetics. That's that's gonna be hard. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you. You're you, onto something. <laughs> <laughs> trademark so, it. Trademark. Call the trademark lawyer. Uh, so you've gotten to this point, and you're still so very young. I wonder, are people looking at you and saying, "I like this young girl or this young woman"? I shouldn't say girl, young woman. They've hovered around you and said, let's help her, let's give her mentorship, let's guide her to make sure she doesn't make the mistakes that we made. Are there people like that in your corner now? No, I don't have a mentor. I'm kind of my own mentor. I never really had anybody I could just, like, call on. If I ever do or am in a slump or need to talk business, I'll call my dad, if anything. But I kind of have dealt with the worst and no what I'm doing, you know, to, like, not really have to say, help me, hold my hand and take me through this. Like, I kind of like learning things on my own and just going through my own motions by myself and figuring out by myself. That's like we talked to Jim Jones. We asked him who his mentor was. He said mistakes. All the Literally, mistakes. like my lessons, yeah. seriously. That's his mentor. Yeah. What about, what about your team? Who, who, who's on your team? So I have my manager. Um, everybody know my manager. She handled the business, especially like when it comes to the money. How'd you she, meet her? I met her through my child's father. Okay. And ever since then, we just kind of been locked in. Like she handled the business. Everybody know her. They gotta pay. You can't <laughs> even talk or see Jada if you're not paying. Period. Um, so she she definitely <laughs> like real firm when it comes to that. And then I have my assistant. She's really good. She's always on it. And that's really it. I have a cre- oh, I have a, also a creative director. She kind of brings the visuals to life, like my visions to cool. life. Um, so she'll like every time I have a way to main campaign shoot, I'll have her create a mood board, and we kind of just like bring the vision to life. But everything you see, like the way I post pictures or crazy concepts, that's just me. Like I want to do this, but make it better. Mm. Or like I see this for me, but let's take a trip here to make it look even better. Like, I don't want to shoot in Atlanta no more, so. Yeah, the new rollout for the campaign is fire. Yeah, it was fire, right? Did you see see the the whole rebrand? I saw the black and white in the studio and the lighting is crazy. I'm like... Well, talk about that. Talk about the the rebrand. And why is it important to rebrand yourself? A lot of people don't realize how important it is to rebrand because they feel like they just get so... um, They get comfortable with their businesses. And I'm the type I never get comfortable I always need something new, better, bigger. Like, that's just that's just how I operate. So when I had Wait A Minute merch, I'm like, I'm kind of limiting myself to being bigger with just the name merchandise after Wait A Minute. I feel like me switching it over just recently with this latest drop to brand, it kind of like put my brand in a whole different a lane, a whole different lane, the lane that it's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Merchandise kind of like limited me a lot because when you hear merch, you think of like a t-shirt or just throw this on. And I kind of wanted to switch over to, into more like a clothing line than anything because I see my stuff being in stores one day. You know, like I see bigger for it. So I wanted to just give a whole new look of the business and show them like we're not playing this time. Like it's only going to get better. But even that language is very important. What you said is very key. Like, even us, like, we have merch, T-shirts, but now we're developing clothing line. Exactly. So, like, the word merch is synonymous with T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. 
clothing brand, clothing line, now you can do anything. Exactly. You don't ever want to limit yourself. And some people hear merchant like, I don't want that. Yeah, you know, like that's just throw on stuff. Yeah. But like y'all, that's the first thing I said when I saw y'all. Like, I want that. <laughs> it's a clothing line to me. Yeah. Like you don't ever want to limit yourself. Yeah, nah, for sure. So what's what's the five year plan? How, where do you see yourself in five years, ten years? Like, how do you see yourself scaling up in the world of business? Like, I really want a billion dollars. I just see, that's you number. know, so many young people doing it. At like, least. You know, at least, literally, like, I just, I feel like I could really do it if I stay with this mindset I have now and the path that I'm on. I really see it happening for me because I look up to people like, you know, Kim Kardashian, Rihanna, like, they young. They, they not far-fetched from what I'm doing now. So, you know, hopefully I could just, you know, have a, what I'm doing now just amplify, like, times a thousand in 10 to five years from now, you know? Like, everything I'm doing now just bigger and better. I see it. I see it for you. What's the gift and the curse, though? <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, we talked about so many positives. You got all these millions of followers and everything, but there has to be some level of a downside to being a public figure and the people knowing your life and stuff like that. Like, what's some of the the the, the, the not-so-positive things as far as being a public figure? So a lot of the downsides is what I was saying earlier. Like, all your losses, you know, like a regular person who's not big on social media, nobody know when they have a bad com- or a customer complaint. But all my stuff is on the internet. People know how to get my attention. They're going to post about it. And they're going to make a review on YouTube that's going to get hundreds of thousands of views. So everything that I'm dealt with, that's the biggest downside is all my stuff is publicized. So I got to deal with this shit in front of 7 million followers. Mm-hmm. And not even just 7 million, blogs. People who I don't even know, like, just posting about it. So I'm just dealing with everything in front of the whole world to see. And everybody is literally looking like, how is she going to shake this this time? Like, is she still going to sell out her next launch? Is she still going to, is she still even going to launch again after this? Like, so you got to just show them. You got to put it in their face sometimes. And it's hard dealing with that when you got blogs and the whole world, like, praying on the downfall. So I feel like that's, like, the hardest part about all of this. All my mistakes is posted. A lot of people don't have to go through that. It's true. One of the other things that you, you add into the resume, obviously as an entrepreneur, an author, is acting. Oh, yeah. So, so this is something that, that you've had aspirations for for a long time? Or this is like one of those things like, you know what, I can tackle this. I've been successful here. Let me leverage it here as well. So right now, I'm just in a place where... I got this buzz going and you don't you only get this you only get this once. Poor gasoline. So you gotta milk the cow <laughs> until you can't milk it no more. So any opportunity that's thrown my way, I'm not shutting it down. I'm gonna give it a shot. I got an acting coach. That didn't even go well. It just worked for me. Like I went in and I killed the role. Next thing you know, after I finished that movie, a whole bunch of other gigs came up. So I'm like, acting really not that bad. I mean, it's way different from the amount of money I make with all my other stuff, because, you know, actors, especially starting out, you don't get paid that much. But uh, like I told my manager, it's not really about the money. It's just like, say, for instance, this worked for me. And I land a role five years from now in a huge movie. Like, so right now I'm just taking every opportunity that's given to me and trying to see which one, whatever one work, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Generational wealth. How important right. is that for you? You got a son, obviously. Um, how important is that for you to, you know, make moves not only for yourself, but for his future and educating him and, you know, 
as far as like watching his mom, you know, grow in the world of business. Do you think about that kind of stuff? Yes, I definitely think about it. And that's just like why I made him a book, for instance. Like all that money is still sitting in his account, um, just waiting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to figure out ways how to just like build for him to where when he get older, he like, damn, my mom had her shit together. Like that's what it's about at the end of the day. And even now, like, I don't really know if he know for sure, like who I am or who his parents are, but everything he do, I'm like, clean up your toys. You have to work for it. Like, I'm not just giving him, showing him this life. Like, I make him work for his stuff. So you want, you want $5? Go do this. Help mommy with this. And I feel like that's super, you know, necessary to put into kids, especially kids who you feel like they got it all. Like, nah, loyal still work for everything he ever is going to get. I make sure I, you know, instill that in him because I didn't just have stuff handed to me. I had to work for everything I got. So Very that's important. really important. Very important. There you have yeah, it. Yeah, man, this, is, this has been incredible. And I, I, like I said, and I mean it sincerely, like just listening to you talking and following your career, is, I really feel like there's nothing that you can't tackle because of the mindset that you have now. And I'm looking forward to see where it's going because, like I said, there's, there's plenty of avenues, obviously, investing real estate, because I'm, when I'm hearing about the warehouses, I see them growing into other states, maybe other countries, and now bigger than just the brand, it becomes a real estate play for you, too. So right. I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm excited, too. There you have it. Well, thank you for joining us. This is really a dope conversation. Many blessings to you on your journey, and if there's anything that we can do to help, if you need any stock help, anything like that, feel yes. free to reach out. Um, it's always encouraging to see you know, young bosses doing their thing and not making excuses. So. Yeah. I really appreciate the time. Thank yes, you. thank y'all for having me. I really enjoyed this. What's up, y'all? This is Clint Coley, and I'm the host of the Music is a Love Language podcast. Now, check this out. If you're a fan of music podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Music is a Love Language podcast. We are a podcast that has honest conversations about music all day, every day. If you like to argue music, this is the podcast you want to be listened to. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop and powered by creators. Again, Make sure you guys follow and subscribe. Music is a love language podcast. I'm Clint Coley. Hope to have your ear soon.